You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Well, I'd like to thank you, Sarah, for the fact that I am very sticky right now. No problem. Well, you would have done it eventually, so I just helped it along a little bit. I probably wouldn't have. I am a creature of habit, and when you decide to move (laughs) everything around our wonderful studio here... Um, that does throw me off. Okay, but see, I'm doing it for the benefit of everybody. Like, I'm making it more aesthetically pleasing. Plus, one of my favorite holidays is coming up, so I have to... I, I need to move you things around. You are obsessive, and I'm covered <laughs> in coffee. Hello, this is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler, here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. We have a lot of stuff lined up for you today on the, on uh, this show. Um, I am thrown off a little bit. We'll talk about this just because of the fact that things are different, and I don't like change, and I'm a creature of habit. You you are. But, You're like so weird about this. Um, yes. Well, no, it, it's it's bothersome. It throws me off. Well, but, sometimes changes for the better. But uh, we do want to say one of our fine sponsors, and that is uh, PDX Asylum. Asylum. It's yes. Not, you don't need the PDX In on Portland. It. Asylum, mm-hmm. uh, located on 37th and Hawthorne, and since it is coming up on Sarah's favorite time of the year, it is. this is the perfect time to go shopping at Asylum, full of wonderful vintage furniture and many amazing gifts and things that you can purchase. Like unique people. gifts that you unique can bring. Gifts. Yeah, that you can get that will impress people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Asylum on 37th and Hawthorne right here in Portland, Oregon. So, all right, we, we got a bunch to get to, but we need to explain what's going on here. So, Sarah... And people are confused about the sticky. Like, you had... Co- so, what happened is that Greg has coffee on him. I don't know why your coffee's sticky, but his coffee's just brown water. That's not really true at all. No, it is. Yeah, I, I am covered in coffee at this point because of the fact Sarah is obsessive compulsive about changing things. Once something gets into her head mm-hmm. that things need to be changed, whether or not it's broke, you're a uh, fix it even if it's not broke kind of person. Mm-hmm. And... No, I become I, I become obsessive about it. Yes, it's true. Yes, so we got here early earlier this morning for meetings and to go over some stuff, and then somehow Sarah got it in her head that the entire green room of our nice studio here, which is perfectly situated as it is, it's not perfectly situated, well, which is why is it needs where, to move around. So right now, the uh, the room uh, adjacent to our studio here, our green room is completely in disarray. Somehow you've turned in, within 20 minutes, I walked out of that room, it was perfect. I walked back in, there, is, there are things everywhere. There's stuff all over the floor. There are, uh, there are tables, there's chairs I didn't even know we had. Apparently we have new chairs I now. found I found some street chairs today that I thought you would be You brought in dumpster chairs? They weren't dumpster chairs, they were in front of my apartment. And this they're very our, nice chairs. This is our nice studio. They're very nice chairs. They are nice, like pli- like bright white plastic backed with like, uh, with like chrome uh, arms and legs chairs they well, were very nice here's the thing though if they were nice chairs why would the person who had them get rid of them because maybe they didn't have room for them anymore that's why I've gotten rid of chairs and things that I didn't like or that I did like that I had to get rid of because I didn't have room for them and so they left them on the side of the road and then there comes Sarah to swoop them right up are I you one of those people that grabs things off the side of the road sometimes if it's good enough why not? There's and these chairs are very nice. You cannot say anything bad about those chairs. Okay. I like those. We need more chairs in the green room. Okay, so you're saying that this is possibly someone who just didn't have room for their chairs anymore. They're very nice chairs, according to you. And so they just decided to set them on the street and give them away yeah. the charity of their heart. Yeah. I uh, venture to give you this other idea. Every time I help a friend move, like sometimes if they just they bought a new coffee table and the other one's just fine, but they don't want to move it with them, they'll set it out on the street. Here's, Portland is a, is a place where you can find treasures on the street corners. Well, here's another idea of possibly what happened. Perhaps this person was fumigating their apartment because it's covered in bed bugs, and they just threw these out on the side of the road to get rid of them. Again. And since, so... Since you're clearly not understanding... Well, now you just don't understand bed bugs, because they are plastic and metal chairs. There aren't bed bugs inside of them. Um, They're plastic. I would say bed bugs can hide in a lot of different places. They cannot places. hide in a plastic chair. I'm just saying we're giving two different ideas here. You have the most, obviously, ideal situation where it's just a wonderful person who just wanted to leave these for people. I'm saying maybe people aren't so wonderful and possibly they left this out there because it's uh, tainted with something. No, they're beautiful. They're like glowing white. They're like bright. They were bright white and clean. And I figure that they look really nice against the green of the green room. Mm-hmm. So now since we have these two new street chairs that I found, like now we need to, or because that's been a complaint. Like we have people in but there aren't enough places for people to sit and so these chairs aren't overwhelming they're nice because we have the white fun employment radio uh, painted on the wall on the bright green i figure the white chairs accent the white fun employment radio written on the wall very well 
I know what I'm doing right now. Since you made me stop what I was doing, since Greg is like, oh, we have to prepare for this show that we do. And I'm like, you mean our show doesn't involve me moving around the entire green room no, for two hours? No, somehow it doesn't. Somehow, yeah. somehow it didn't. Well, because of that, I I am a complete creature of habit. Like once I get used to something, I don't even look at things anymore. So I don't even look at the green room a- a- anymore. Like I know where things are and that's all good for me. The second you move something out of order, that's when I stub my toe and then spill coffee all over myself because there's a chair behind a door or a table. You knew that there was a chair behind the door. I'm like, all right, yeah, you told me to not do anymore. You're just like, stop moving things around, Sarah. I'm like, all right, fine. So I stopped moving things around. So basically you spilled the coffee on yourself. Well, I did spill it on myself, but that's because I opened the door and there was a table behind it. And this this is seriously how I work. Like even when I was a kid, I... I would get used to things in a certain order. Somehow that's just how my brain works. Like I memorize them. Okay, that's where the chairs are. I know I can. It's walk like a blind around. person that kind of like memorizes a room. Well, in some in that's, some that's sense what of they, it. Yeah, I mean, you figure out where everything is. So like when I was a kid, I probably broke my pinky toe. I have no idea how many times I broke it because of the fact that someone would use a chair and then not put it back under the table. And I have my path where I would go running on, and I would instantly kick my pinky toe into the chair. Clearly not my fault, not my clumsiness. Wasn't wasn't anything that I did wrong. Wait, so you're blaming you stubbing your toe when you were a child because people didn't put the chairs back exactly as you rain manly memorized it sure, to be? Sure. That's wow. what I'm saying. No, that's that's what I'm saying. That's how uh, how ingrained it is to me like once I have something memorized that's it and that's why I don't see things anymore once they're once they're in their position and I like to keep things as they are no need to change it up just because uh, it's perfect as it is what yeah no see so life life needs change sometimes and plus since we do, we're talking about this at the beginning of the show how it is approaching one of my favorite seasons which is the holidays which is uh, Christmas time uh-huh. I wanted to move it around a little bit because since my apartment, well, since let's be honest, we've talked about this. I'm basically a hermit in my apartment. Nobody sees my apartment. It's not. There's no point in me decorating for Christmas mm-hmm. in my apartment because nobody's there to see it except for me. That being said, I have many fine Christmas decorations. Not only Christmas decorations. I have Christmas candles. I have uh, I have ornaments. I also have a Christmas tree, a plug-in Christmas tree, and I'm going to be bringing that to the green room. And the green room is going to be <laughs> my gonna, mini Christmas cave. You're going to. This is the green room used by the entire Fun Employment Radio Network, which I know that they will appreciate. So your plan is to basically dump all of your um, all of your Christmas stuff that you don't want in your apartment. No, I want studio? it all in my apartment, but I figure I'm here every day. I, you know, and the green room has a, you know a lot of light, and I figure I, I have like lights that we can string. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to string some twinkle lights in there, maybe with some foliage maybe maybe a christmas wreath can be placed on our door but you know you can't say merry christmas anymore you have to say happy holidays so it's gonna be all this happy holidays shit yeah i was gonna say how are you gonna handle that yeah if you like christmas it all up but my but my fake tree is so cool so it's a a fake tree but it has the lights embedded into it (laughs) so you can plug in the fake tree so no need to string lights greg they're part of the tree they're part of the tree greg I think it would look just fine right in your studio apartment. No way, because I want to share it. I'm going to put it, maybe we can put it. Uh, is it sharing it or is it forcing it upon us? No, others? no. What I was thinking is like putting it in the window. So like I'll, I'll place it on top of one of our many, many, many coffee tables we have in there and uh, and put it in the window. So that way when people are walking by and they're like, they see the glow from the tree. They're like, <laughs> oh, look, it's almost Christmas time. But I'm not going to do it until after Thanksgiving. Okay, this But is I need to rule. get it prepared. That's a rule. I can't listen to Christmas music. It's being noted here in the chat uh, by, by one of our people. Which of you go to funemploymentradio.com slash live and you're a subscriber, you can join the chat or go to the chat archive. Uh, Bina Rita in the chat says, Greg Nibbler, hater of Christmas. Well, and let so me just that, tell you I'm this. I'm not a hater of Christmas. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe that's going a little bit overboard in a, in a, in a green room studio space. Perhaps that's a I lot. I don't believe to be so in. because let me just let me again tell you this. So I get the joy of having the Christmas tree in my apartment all year round. You have that thing lit up all year round in your apartment? I like the way that it lights my apartment. <laughs> I don't light it every day, but I mean, sometimes I'm like, I want a little more colorful light in my apartment. Because I do have Christmas lights in my apartment that I have as lighting that I use all year round. I love it. Like Lighting for me, it has to be perfect. I, I enjoy lighting. That's why we never use the fluorescent lights, because I know like, some shows use the fluorescent lights. Greg and I have our little lamps and stuff. Like Everyone has their, their lighting that they like. Lighting is very important to me. Okay. I have to have the uh, the uh, the blinds in the green room angled just so. Yes. No. I'm I'm well you know aware this. of that. You I'm know well exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. I have to have them angled just so. I have to have the light on. Like it just it has to be that way. <laughs> but what happens if it's not that way? 
Oh, it's just, it's not going to be. I'm going to make it not. So that being said, I'm going to bring my Christmas tree after Thanksgiving next week, and I am going to have um, a Christmas decorating party if you don't want to be a Grinch and you want to help me. It'd be a lot of fun. I, I don't think it makes me a Grinch because I don't want well, to. Well, I'm going to need your ladder because I'm going to need to string some Christmas lights And up. let me guess, I'm going to have to haul the stuff down here because I have the truck. Yes. No, I can bring the Christmas tree. Okay. You're just going to have to bring the ladder because we're not, we're not all Scott Daly we're, size. We're, we're, we have to get a ladder to decorate this thing in here? Well, yeah. I'll just string up some lights for the All holidays. Right. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll see about this. And that doesn't make me a Grinch, I don't think, because I don't want to uh, decorate for Christmas. Or does that make me a Grinch? It is does that make. That's exactly what the definition, what the definition is. is. That is a, because I don't want any Christmas decorations anywhere. Things are just fine as they are. Well, I'm excited. So yeah. So right now the green room's in disarray. I have to say it is distracting to me right now. The door okay. is closed. I know that it's just a clusterfuck in there, and it's really driving me nuts. Yeah. No, it, it's it's driving me nuts, too, because, like I said, I am covered in coffee because I ran into the door. Which, by the way, also Sarah and I today, apparently, inexplicably, wore the <laughs> same big-ass sandwiches t-shirt. The exact same big-ass sandwiches <laughs> Which t-shirt always bothers Greg. I find it hilarious. And he's oh, it just drives like, me insane. Why, why do you dislike me so much? Because here's the deal. So we do this show together, and we, we do it five days a week. And, you know, the small business associated with it, we're working together a lot. And... And that's that's already confusing. And then on top of that, if we start dressing alike, I really don't think that's what we should be. That's what we should be angry. Well, for. we already kind of dress alike. Like what we wear sweatshirts. I wear I wear skirts. I'm never gonna. I don't wear jeans. Well, this like is you what do. I'm nervous about now because I was here first with this shirt, and you. I'm not you were sure not here that. first so, with the shirt. I didn't know what you were wearing just because you showed up to the studio first. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't like this idea that uh, that we are dressing alike. Well, I'm sorry, we we're both big supporters of big ass sandwiches, and we both are supporting them, so we're both wearing our shirts at the same time. I think that we should probably start dressing alike. We're comrades. We're co. So like we're coworkers. Radio uniform. Oh, that's a good idea. What better <laughs> way to inspire team unity than by dressing alike? We could get matching beanies. We could wear like we could talk every day on the on the phone and be like, "Hey, what's up, Greg?" And I'll be like, "What's up, Sarah?" I'll be like, "What color sweatshirt are you gonna wear today?" Let's let's match this shit. No, let's what color not. beanie do you want to wear? No, see, you can't start wearing a beanie now too. Oh, I can't. Stop me. <laughs> By the way, I have that, that exact like, same. I have that, that exact movie, same beanie too. What's that movie? Single white female, where where the roommate yeah. starts dressing exactly like the other one and cutting their hair exactly like the other one. You're starting to make me a little bit nervous here. Oh my if gosh. You, if you if you start wearing Well then let me tell you this when we get our fun employment radio sweatshirts in I call getting to wear mine every day. No, you don't get to do Well, well that sorry. one's different. If that you don't want different. us to well it's going to be winter, which means nobody can tell that we're wearing the same thing underneath if we're wearing the exact same sweatshirt every day, then that's going to look kind of weird. So I'm calling it for you now. I, I lay claim on, on the Fun Employment Radio sweatshirt. <laughs> it's being asked in the chat, when do I start wearing a tutu? No, this is not going that way. I'm not dressing like Sarah. Sarah is dressing like me, which is uh, it, which it is a little bit disturbing. It's a little bit unnerving. Because we're wearing the I same t-shirt. That is, you people. are so over the top with this. So over the top. That's, I just think it's a little bit disturbing. And I really, I really don't appreciate it. It's just like when I was a when I was a kid, and like my my parents would they had to get us different shirts because I would didn't want to dress like my brother. I didn't want to have the same shirt as him. I had to be I had to have something different. You had to have your own care. identity. Yeah, he didn't care so much. I cared though. Oh wow, this is kind of a pattern. <laughs> because yes, basically I had to have my own identity, my own way of doing things. And the problem was, especially when I was young, once my brother started because uh, he's younger than me. Now he's much taller than I am, but there's a brief <laughs> period of time where I was taller. Once he approached my same height and everybody thought we were twins, that's when, uh, that's when I really became a big advocate about uh, we had to wear different things because I hated the fact that we looked alike. I did not like this at all. Why would so, you hate that? Like, what is with you and your anger with everything? You hate Christmas. You hate looking like your brother, who's your blood relation, who you guys should look alike, your brothers. Well, yeah, but not when I was eight. When you're eight, you don't want to look like your six-year-old little brother. You don't. You don't want to be wear, dressing the same as him. I never cared. Like my sister, you and I have the same age gap with our siblings. Like I'm two years older than my sister. You're two years older than your brother. I don't think we ever got into fights about like wearing matching stuff. I just never cared. Yeah. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, you do. I. I still have apparently some issues with that. So that's why I think from now on, maybe we do need to call each other before we do the show, before we go out anywhere, before we meet up anywhere in public, and just make sure that uh, that we're not wearing the same thing. 
Okay, well, I, I'm really not that concerned about it, but now since I know that it bothers you, I'm going to make this happen. You know what this winter is going to be? Dress like Greg Nog Winter. <laughs> so no matter what I'm wearing, you're going to you're going to get a bunch of black T-shirts. Well, I already wear like a lot of black too. So you can't just you can't all of a sudden have. Yeah, Edward claim is on noting black. in the chat. Just keep a backup in the truck. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to end up keeping backup clothes here just so that I can make sure and foil you. If that's if that's what you decided to do. Well, did you already have your change of clothes for when you go and do all your acting stuff? I have my wardrobe in the car. Okay. Yes, that is true. Okay. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, we were talking about uh, you getting dumpster chairs earlier. We do have. I a didn't big get dumpster chairs. They were they were on the street. Nice brand new chairs. Well, I hate you. Well, we do have uh, an announcement to make, and for those of you that listen to Fun Employment Radio, you know we've talked about the neighborhood where our studio is, and the fact that it's apparently overrun with gangs, mm. um, very intimidating Lots of gangs, scary named gangs. Who- Named who gangs. end up uh, tagging things that are left on the street. So there was the uh, like lounge chair that was left out on the corner here out in front of our studio for about two months, I would guess. Maybe a little bit longer. longer. Yeah. And it ended up getting tagged by someone named Igpain, who wrote, wrote in their graffiti, uh, tagged a junk chair sitting on the side of the street that absolutely no one wanted. And um, after... After that, you know, then somebody actually came along and, well, you tagged Thick-Ass Judy onto it. Of course, because it was your, my chair, because I was like, fuck you, Igpain. Which is this your, is Thick-Ass Judy's chair. This is your juggalo name trying to stir up trouble. And then someone following that tagged Greg Nog on the side of the chair. Which we still don't well, know who did that. We still have no idea. <laughs> it was not me, because I don't call myself that. So, um, But we, the announcement that we have to make is this, and it's getting a little bit disturbing around here, because whatever was being done... Igpain, I think, is out. So the chair has been thrown into the dumpster. The chair is gone. The chair is gone. And on top of that now, someone has tagged the dumpster, and it wasn't Igpain. It was someone else completely different. Wait, so you're saying that Igpain got shuffled out of the neighborhood with the with the throwing away of the chair? I think Because by I us, thought that that was still our... Like, after we crossed out Igpain, I thought that we had already established ourselves as the owners of this block. Well, someone else is taking over, and this is what I'm saying. It's a brand new person. It's a brand new gang. So it's... The, in our old uh, neighborhood, of course, that was overrun by the the bats. The bats. B-A-T-Z. B-A-T-Z. They tagged everything. Now, we've got a brand new crew to deal with. What? I didn't even see this. So they have tagged the dumpster. (laughs) Wait, so the chair's gone, so they're tagging the dumpster? They tagged the dumpster, which is, you know, the sign of any intimidating That dumpster's never been... Oh, that's funny. So... I'm trying to interpret it, you know, in, with my street knowledge of uh, interpret what the uh, graffiti says. And as far as I can tell, I think it says Megug. I believe that's Me-gug. the name. Megug. So Megug is apparently the new rep in town. I'm looking at it. It does look like Megug. Also with the CTL. The CTL, I think Megug is, so there's two different tags. But the well, right Megug is also in quotes. Oh, Do you see that? So maybe that's their saying. Maybe they're just like, what up, Megug? Oh, is that like that's how they greet each other? Maybe, you know, because like juggalos are like, you know, they're so lets like, and lows. What up, what up, cuz? What up, homie? What up, Megug? That's how, you think that's part of their language that they're that revealing? That could be. It? Is this like a, uh, like a, uh, what's the, uh, what's the Slang that, term, what? Um, I think. Their I think, motto? No, I think this is some kind of, uh, this is some kind of message that they're trying to send. And maybe they're trying to. And there is an arrow underneath it. So it's pointing that direction. Maybe it is a message to somebody. I think this is like the Rosetta Stone for the gang that's in the neighborhood. So mm-hmm. Megug, apparently they're trying to send us a message. This is what the greeting is. And we need to be a little bit concerned about what's going on around here. Because if there's a new crew now running this block, I'm, I'm starting to. I'm starting to get the idea there might be a little bit of a, a hidden war going on around here. Okay. You know, between It's Igpain, not so hidden, though. Igpain's bumped out. Yeah. Igpain's out of business now. He got bumped off Who the Who do block. you think got rid of our chair? Do you think it pissed somebody off and they're just like, oh, I don't think so, Greg Nog. <laughs> like, this ain't your corner. And I, so they threw away the chair and then started tagging the dumpster that they put the chair in. I think so. So Megug of the CTL, which, what does CTL stand for? That's another know. thing. That's something that we have to figure out there. So, um, I, you know, there's just so many different things to find out. But I, I believe is it CTL or is it like Chai? chai uh, it looks like it could be CHI as well. Oh, I don't know. Well, what? It, which one do you think it is? I think it's CTL, but okay. that could be something else. We can leave that up to interpretation because I did post this in the chat. And we'll post it on our Twitter handle, and maybe we can get some some inside inside information. But it does make me think that I should advocate for that idea that I was I was saying before, where I should actually sit out here I, can, I should maybe stake out the studio at night and stand here and just look out the window like peep through the blinds and see if I can figure out what's going on you can plug on. in the Christmas tree that's going to be in the green room and just sit next to it 
uh, bask in its light. No, no, because that's not going to be tough. That's <laughs> not going to send a message. That's that's going to send a message of okay, uh, CTL or CU or whatever it is. You know, we're C we're acquiescing plus. to you. Oh. Uh, it's all your block now. If we put a Christmas tree in that light, no, no, I've got to stand here and I've got to make a stand. I've got to make a make a an appearance. You know, show some strength by standing in this window and glaring at anyone who comes near that dumpster until I can figure out who it is. Wow. So I think that's what I should probably do. All right, people are saying that looks C, like C plus U. C plus U. Yeah, oh. I like that. Okay, so C plus U. What would C plus U stand for? I don't for? know. I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 where we have to. <gasps> Bean is saying that maybe it's for Charlie the Unicorn. I don't think Charlie the Unicorn is is the name of the gang. I'm gonna guess not. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that that sounds pretty intimidating. Well, what does uh, have we looked up what the what does Megug mean? Is there some kind of oh, there's somebody on Instagram named Megug. I can see that already. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, maybe maybe there is some kind of hidden slang here. Are they a rough and tumble looking kind of person? This is going to take a while for me to actually um, to actually interpret this. You know, I'm I really do have to come to a come to a conclusion on this. So I'm going to have to. Uh, here's the plan. I mean, I am basically an amateur. Well, not really amateur. I would say semi pro. I'm a little bit above amateur oh, status. A semi pro private detective, private investigator. So here's my here's my approach. Here's what I'm going to do, Sarah. First, I've got to observe. So I've got to observe what's going on. So I'm going to stake out the studio. I'll be here all night. I'll stay awake all night long so that I can oh, observe I'm sure what's going on. Oh, I'm sure you will. And I will observe what happens down there so I can see if I can catch them in the act. Now, I'm going to have to make sure that the blinds are partially closed, so I'll just be peeping out of them. And I'll profile every person. Maybe I'll take pictures of everybody who's in the parking lot, everybody who comes in and leaves. And then we'll turn the green room into it. It'll be like kind of like The Wire because I watched a lot of The Wire lately. And so I can put up the pictures all over the wall and we'll profile everybody who comes in and out of here. And I'll develop like a dossier on each person. Oh, my God. Are you still And then we'll see if we can narrow it down and I'll investigate them and see if we can find out if they are connected to Megug, what Megug is, you know, and who the CTL or CTU or whoever this is. Dude, I'm looking at this. Megug is the name of... uh it looks like a singer somewhere in Mexico. It's a it's a lady. What Migug's a, a singer in Mexico? Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm I'm looking at this. It looks like she has some sort of music profile. So it's tied to the Mexican mafia. Oh Jesus Christ! This could oh this could get really serious. I thought we were just dealing with like the bats or a local gang. Okay, so Migug. Well, that's one That's one lead I'll have to look into. <gasps> All right. Alex points out the fact she said when she was a kid growing up in Houston, uh, she used to think graffiti was written in a different language and that you could only know the, uh, you had to know the language to be in the gang. Do they write in codes? Are gangsters smarter than we think they are? Do they have secret codes? Well, Sarah, let me let me just tell you. Uh, you know, I have a, kind of an, some extensive street knowledge, you know, from my times. Uh, you know, I, I was growing up, up on a gravel road in Monmouth Independence. Well, I did grow up on a gravel road, and it's true. You know, and I had combines rolling by all the time, stirring up dust, which, you know, contributed to my asthma. But what I'm saying is, you know, because of that, you know, I've kind of got like an, an inherent knowledge about things. Like I'm pretty wise when I'm, when I'm trolling the streets. You know, when I'm walking down, it's like I can pick things up quicker. I look at things, you know, better than city people might. Like I can pick up little, little hints and clues. And... I'm saying it's not necessarily a a different language. It's just coded so that we can actually actually you know figure out. You just got to get to the bottom of what it is. That uh, it's being about. asked in the chat by Keelan. Uh, Greg, how do you get street knowledge with when you don't have any pavement? Well, you know because here's the thing. Like I would go into town every now and then into into Monmouth Independence, Oregon, and that's when you know because I had I had a couple friends who actually lived in town, and when I went in there, you know we'd walk around the streets. And we'd like, we'd like, you know, walk to the marketplace or things like that or walk down to the waterfront and you pick things up. You know, you got to be quick. You got to be quick and nimble. Go crazy like a symbol. So, I mean. Are you really talking about street tough and you're yeah. quoting vanilla ice? Well, yeah. See, I'm saying. Oh, my I have, God. I have an extensive knowledge of this stuff. I also watch. You can't just lot- snap and start doing vanilla ice lyrics and have everybody. Oh, my God, Greg. And everybody believe that you're a street tough. Oh, my God. Well, I'm not saying I'm a street tough. I'm just saying that I know a lot of things. I know a lot about this culture, you know, and about, about the street culture. It's very similar. It's very similar. <laughs> John says you're like Crocodile Dundee in New York. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> See, I think I could, I could maybe even infiltrate them because that was the next step. So after observing... And I'll narrow down. I'll take pictures of everyone who comes into the parking lot. You know, I'll sit here and I'll just take pictures all night long through the blinds. Yeah, between the two of us, I'm sorry to say, Greg, I think Bremerton's a little more rough and tumble than Monmouth Independence. I don't think he... I've I actually seen someone about. get stabbed. <laughs> As, uh, 
Suman in the chat saying, uh, cruising downtown Monmouth between the Dairy Queen and Ben Franklin. It's true. I don't think Ben Franklin's there anymore. But yeah, it's true. That was a, that, that was one of the walks that we would do. Cause you go to Dairy Queen for lunch, of course. I mean, that's as any, as anybody does in, in the, in, you know, the Monmouth hood, as I call it. M-Town. Why are you doing all of those annoying hand gestures? Oh, this is how you talk when you're on the streets. You know, you got to use your hands a lot. You know, you got to be very animated because that's part of what the culture is. So, I mean, I know this doesn't make any sense to you when I'm talking with my hands like this, but it would make sense when I'm down there talking to them. So once I narrow down uh, the people who are coming in and out of the uh, in and out of the parking lot by taking many, many pictures, everyone who comes in, I'll be taking pictures of. And... After I narrow down who I think it is, then I've got to then I've, that's that's time when you start preparing for going undercover, and so that's why it's going to take some then take some things. I may have to go incommunicado for a little while if I get deep into this to find out who you're going to go Doug deep is, undercover. I may have to yeah I will have to get uh, deep into this thing, you know. And d- you may notice some changes in me. I probably won't be able to communicate a lot, so I'll, I'll have to sneak off because I can't be associated with what's going on here because then they'll know they'll know what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so I think that's probably once that does happen, you know, I'll be able to call in, but you may have to just handle things on your own for a little while while I'm deep undercover. And then wow, I'll come best back. Best of luck to you, Greg. And then I'll report it. I'll, I'll kind I of think it goes really well for you. I kind of picture myself a bit like the Donnie Brasco of Southeast Portland. I think that's kind of how I how I. Are you kind myself. of like a chameleon of uh, being able to blend into any scenario? Yeah, no, I'll I'll join it. I'll I'll be all like, hey, what up, me gug, and then I'll be like the secret language, and then I'll I'll be all into it. Be like CTL for life. And then they'll say, no, it's C plus U. And I was like, yes, that's right, because I was just trying to trick you. That was a trick question. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that you were cool, man. So that's, that's how I'll do it. See, I'm, obviously, you can tell. You can tell that I uh, you can tell that I'm, I'm clearly know what I'm talking about and that I will be very good at this. You'll thank me in the end. You'll well, thank me once the me-gug mystery is solved. Best of luck to you, Greg. It's just going to keep me up at nights until I figure out who the me-gug are. <laughs> it's so funny. In the chat, Stranded in Bakersfield asks, Greg, have you been watching a lot of Gangland lately? I kid you not, I watched like four hours of Gangland on Sunday. No, I don't think anyone's surprised to hear that, by I, the way. I did. I've been watching a lot of Gangland. <laughs> don't they have one of those on? Aren't there some like gangs in Portland? Uh, yeah, there's real ones. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying Migug isn't a real one? I don't know if Migug is. I have to. That's why I have to infiltrate. What if you are like, since you've watched a lot of Gangland, you can see how things can go horribly awry. Yet you keep saying this phrase over and over again. What if Migug means something like really terrible, and you've been saying it, and it's like associated with one of those actual real gangs? You're saying that it means well, but they spray painted on the side of the dumpster. Doesn't that mean they want me to say it? I don't think so. What What do you mean? You mean they're saying here it is? Don't say this. Is that what people put that on the side of the dumpster for? They, it's like, read this. Don't say it. Don't say it. Read it. <sighs> but yeah, it is It is being pointed out. See, Keelan in the chat, he's maybe not as quite, quite street He's not wise. as street as you. He's not as street wise as I am. Yeah, so you're not uh, just saying, growing up in Detroit at all. Well, yeah. he's saying, I was, the, I was just testing you line never works ever. Au contraire, my friend. I believe that on the streets, that will work out very well for me because it'll be like, bam, throw it right back in their face. So you got to be quick witted, quick on your feet. Talk with your hands. That's how, that's how you do it. I could even teach a class on it if I wanted to. So anyway, that's my plan. You can thank me afterwards once I get to the bottom of the Meekug mystery. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath. Okay. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. You're very welcome, sir. Should we do a little bit of World of Crazy? Oh, we sure can. Here, let me, uh, are you sure we're done with your crazy world for now? Yeah, no, I'm, I feel good. I feel like I've hashed this out. You know, I want to thank everyone for letting me, you know, workshop this and figure out what my plan of attack is going to be. But I think, I've, I think I've got it pretty figured out. I think that you've, like, pretended playing a douchey actor for so long that it's actually starting to seep into you a little bit. No, it's... Thanks for letting me workshop this. No, I, I just had to figure out Do you want out to have a, a table things. read about it, Greg? No, I just had to figure out a few things as far as what's going on with it. And that way, now I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good about this character I'm going to play. I'll have to come up with a street name. Greg Nog. I guess I could use that. You totally should. Yeah. Because, you know, because street names don't always have to sound tough. Like, you know, from a prime example, like 8 Mile, Eminem was Rabbit. Okay, so Greg Nog, Nog be Noggin, like I've got a tough... Like I got a tough head, like I'm I'm strong, I'm hard headed. Or you could just be really into eggnog and you're celebrating the holidays. No, no, because I don't think I don't think that Megog and them I don't think they celebrate the holidays quite the same way. Like yeah, hard headed man, yo, eggnog. Do gangsters celebrate the holidays? I don't know. I'm gonna have to find all these things out. Yeah, 
And I'll, so. You know, once I, I'll, it'll probably be months and months that I'm involved in this thing. So once I come out of it, I'll probably be a different person. You may not know me quite as well. Will you have some teardrop tattoos? I might have to. I might have to. Just to because you to get show. those with the with the killing, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know what this gang's up to. What up, Miga? <gasps> it's being suggested that Greg Nog makes you sound like you're a milky holiday drink, or <laughs> you're the drunk uncle at a Christmas party. <laughs> That's amazing. I I need a mustache. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hello, my friends. My name is Sarah X. Dillon. Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy. I am so hungry. My stomach keeps growling and I keep trying to talk over it. But I mean, it is just like loudly rumbling. So if it's coming through on the mic, that's what it is. Yeah. It is, in fact, you. No, it is. Can, can you hear it growling? Mm-hmm. It keeps going like... Well, it's a good thing because we'll never be able to find where the uh, refrigerator is oh, in the green room right now. Oh, jokes! Jokester! A little jokey McGee. See, that, it's that wit that'll get me by on the streets. Oh, that's that wit that's going to get you shot. All right, my friends. First up, first story. Oh! I did not even do this on purpose, but you know how we were talking about uh, tough names? I was just talking about Eminem, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Rabbit, to you, Greg, a.k.a. Greg Nog. Mm-hmm. What up? You can talk about how like Christmas is your favorite season. Tell them all about the holidays. You can go like that. Can be your catchphrase. You can be like, "I'm in a holidays, yo." Greg Nog. Oh, my stomach's crawling again. Eminem in the news. Really? For a story that made me laugh out loud. It did make me laugh out loud. I saw this headline. I did not. I, I thought it was like a 15-year-old headline that they were just recycling. But no, no, no. It is, in fact, true. Eminem and his ex-wife, Kim Mathers, have reportedly reconciled and might be getting back together. Really? Eminem and his ex-wife, of course, the woman that he's talked about in many songs uh, about murdering and shoving into a trunk and driving her into a lake. That yeah. that kind of beautiful yeah, poetry. That romantic poetry that he's written for her. Yes. They're ba- haven't they been married and divorced like five times? I think like three times. Oh, maybe two times. That really is... That's, <laughs> I, I hate to say this, that is about one of the most white trash things. It is the do. trashiest thing, yeah. I think, ever. Yeah. So, reportedly, uh, yeah, in the news, uh, Eminem and his ex-wife, Kim Mathers, are reportedly reconciling. So, uh, Kim Mathers' mother has decided to go to the press and recently has revealed that Eminem and his daughter see each other, and her daughter see each other all the time and are getting along better than ever. So, uh, apparently, they might be romantically linked. Uh, Eminem is currently building her a new mansion just, fi- uh, just five miles from his own house on Mile Road in Wait, uh, Macomb, e- Michigan. Eminem is building her a new mansion? Mm-hmm. So, just her. He's building her a new mansion. He's building his, uh, yeah, he's building his ex-wife. So, Kim Mathers, he's building her a mansion. Wow. Five yeah, miles away. I mean, away good on her, I guess. She's yeah. got her claws in deep. So, this, little, this, this love story began... When both Eminem and Kim Mathers met when they were just wee little teenagers. Oh, there she is without her trademark black lip liner. Uh, They met when they were teenagers. They married in 1999, got divorced in 2001, only to remarry in 2006 and divorce again later that same year. (laughs) Their rocky relationship was marred by drug use and infidelity and documented in songs like, of course, 2000's rage-filled song, Kim. Infidelity. You're marrying Eminem. (laughs) Like, do you really expect? I mean, honestly... Honestly, you're going to marry Eminem? Well, no, he's faithful to me. Nobody can tell them who they can love, Greg. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Kim Mather's mother goes, they'll probably grow old together. And as much as he says he hates her in his music, he loves her that much, too. I think it's kind of like throwing gas on a fire. I've always felt that uh, each was each other's true love. I think they met very young, um, but I don't think she's ever been with anyone as long as she's been with Eminem, whether it's off and on. You think she calls him Eminem? I don't call know. Him Marshall. Probably Marshall. I don't know. She's kept his last name, though. I mean, she still goes by Kim Mathers. Well, yeah. I mean, she's got to cash in on that. Yeah. Yeah, those checks don't write themselves. No. She can only afford to buy so much black lip liner. <laughs> Is that her thing? Is black don't lip you liner? Rem- yeah, don't you remember that? Black outline lips, and then, like, uh, I think she'd wear, like, a pale, like, white on the inside. Like, almost juggalo colors? Yeah. No, she was, like, she was like a juggalo before there were juggalos. Well, Juggalos are from Detroit, so... Well, yeah, well, I think that she might have been, like, one of the one of the head starters there, but she, instead instead of going the ICP route, she went the M&M route. 
But she definitely had the makeup. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Is it Detroit or Detroit? What's the right way to say it? Detroit. I thought it was Detroit. Detroit. Do you emphasize the E? Why are you asking me? I grew up in the Northwest. Okay, never mind. Next up, weird story out of Vancouver. Oh, did I deafen you? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. Be prepared. I am prepared now. Just listen. Weird story out of Vancouver, BC. So Vancouver is uh, placing an odd ban that they're going to start uh, enforcing, I think, later this year. And uh, they're taking the lead and getting rid of something that many people didn't realize was problematic. Vancouver, BC is getting rid of doorknobs. What? They don't want people to have doorknobs anymore. So the city is trying to convince everybody to replace all of their doorknobs with levers. So like the the doorknobs that we have here, Greg. Yeah. So I'm instead just of wrap my mind around this. Yeah. So they want to put a ban on doorknobs in Vancouver, BC, so that they're easily uh, they're more easily accessible for elderly people or people with disabilities to operate. How do you open the door? Just turn the knob. I don't know. They're saying this is something that I, apparently is a big deal in Vancouver, B.C. because they're wanting to ban doorknobs. But I just mean, what are they replacing them with? The, with the with these, with the levers. Oh, with that kind of lever. Okay, with the lever style. So like the L yes. style. Yes, so like the, the L style that like you push down. Like a handle, basically. a handle instead of a doorknob. So they don't want the gotcha. circle doorknob anymore. Okay. Uh, so so what they're doing, so they're trying to make pass well, this law in public buildings and uh, also pass it into the city's building codes, which requires all new houses to be built with lever doors starting of March, uh, of March next year instead of doorknobs. In other news, people in Vancouver apparently have a lot of money and time on their hands. Yeah. Wow. What a lovely problem to have for a city. Also, like, like this is their big issue. <laughs> this is what's we going on. We gotta get rid of these doorknobs. These pesky doorknobs. Yeah, they also, uh, along with the doorknobs, they're also um, banning water faucets. So you can't have knobs on your water faucets. You have to have the, like the, the levers on the water faucets as well. Also, the city is a strange, strange high rate of arthritis. <laughs> this move is based on a concept of universal design, which aims to make spaces usable for as many people as possible. Uh, so they say that for making, like replacing all the doorknobs with levers, it's a really simple version that cuts curves on every corner that helps elderly people, people with visual impairments, and moms with strollers. I, I don't even know what that means. So they are having a huge doorknob problem <laughs> in Vancouver. I really want to. I wish that we could get like Vancouver uh, town, like town hall meetings broadcast oh, God, here. Oh, that would be amazing. Just to watch the irate Canadian. Well, it's just not fair to the old people, you know, when they want to go in there and they're having to turn the turn the gall dang knob. Like somebody just all fired up, and if they say gall dang, that's like raising it. Oh like, my God, like, that is oh. too far. Yeah, and everybody gets all worked up about it. Well, did you see old Tom down the street? Boy, he was upset. Oh man, he does not like those doorknobs. But I mean, isn't the point of doorknobs also like, I mean, well, sometimes you put things on doorknobs like with children and such. I mean, I'm glad that they're worrying about the elderly and people with disabilities. But however, like children who can have direct access to doorknobs, don't you? Because you put those like spinny things on doorknobs so that kids can't open them. You know, like those plastic things that you put around them, like safety like covers that you put on doorknobs that your kid, you know, can't open the front door to your house and walk out into the street. Oh, that's what those are for? Yeah, so like if you do it because you have to squeeze it, it's like it's like having a childproof um, like pill bottle. Okay, you have to squeeze it in order to open it. But yeah, with a lever, they're just flying out the door all yeah, over the place. Yeah, so I'm saying that doesn't seem too safe for for the children. Or you could just lock the door, mm-hmm. which would be another option. <laughs> Caitlin says, if you can't open a door, you shouldn't be a mom with a stroller having babies. I can agree with that. <laughs> I will. I will stand with that. All right, next up, three of my favorite words, but the female version. Go, Greg. A Florida woman? A Florida woman. This is out of Crestview, Florida. A Florida woman has been accused of going into an adult product store intoxicated, shoplifting a sex toy by shoving it down the front of her pants, then inquiring about a job. This has been according to the Crestview Police Department arrest report. This is in Crestview, Florida. So the store manager told police that a 23-year-old woman came into her store, which is named Intimate Treasures. <laughs> and inquired about uh, inquired about getting a job at said store at Intimate Treasures. She that wanted- is the creepiest name for a store, even yeah. though that's what it is. Intimate Treasures. I don't know what's creepier, the name, or that you just said that Intimate Treasures are what they are. Intimate Treasures. 
Like you're saying that sex toys are intimate treasures. I don't well, know. What no, I'm store. saying. No, I'm saying I know what the <laughs> store is. Even for a store like that, <laughs> intimate treasures. Now I kind of want to do a radio ad for him. And, but it has to have a lot of reverb. Intimate, intimate treasures. 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 Yeah. The store manager told the police officer that a 23-year-old woman came into Intimate Treasures and inquired about a job. Leaving her name, address, and telephone number. Now afterward, the manager noticed that an evolved brand female sex toy was missing from the display location that the woman was standing next to. She reviewed the Intimate Treasures video surveillance and spotted the woman quote, manipulating the front of her pants in an action consistent with concealing the sex toy within the front of her crotchal region. Does it actually say crotchal region? No, it does okay. not. Okay. Police then contacted the woman, who of course left her name, address, and telephone number because she was inquiring about a job at Intimate Treasures. Intimate Treasures. So they were able to find her, who they possibly identified, uh, positively identified as the woman in the video. They showed her the video where she was manipulating the sex toy down the front of her pants, and she confirmed that it was her. As she viewed her actions in front of the police and the clerk at Intimate Treasures, Intimate Treasures. she exclaimed in disbelief. Belief. Oh my God! Look at what I'm doing! Oh my God! I'm gonna cry. That's exactly what she said. The report states after viewing the video footage, the defendant retrieved the stolen device, which had been used and was no longer in a condition to be returned to oh. Intimate Treasures. Intimate Treasures. And advised that she did not remember taking it, and she was so sorry. She did, however, admit that she was quite drunk when she was in the business, so that could be what <laughs> she took. I was pretty her. hammered, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, so she was charged with retail theft and has a November 26th plea date. So she went straight out and used it right afterwards. Well, in a way, though, she's just kind of testing out testing out the uh, the products. You know, if she's going to be an expert in selling them. That's true. You do want somebody who's going to sell saw, She saw a tester, maybe she thought it was free sample. Intimate treasures. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe you've got to stop one. that. Okay. Have I gone too far? You've gone too far. From a Florida woman to... A Florida man? A Florida man! Bam! In the news, uh, let's see, we, we scoot on over from Crestview, Florida to Jensen Beach, Florida. That's another word, don't use scoot. I don't don't like scoot, that. They just... Scooting on over to Jensen Beach, Florida. Don't scoot. A Florida man by the name of William Gibson... Allegedly exposed himself outside of a Goodwill store earlier, uh, earlier this month. A Goodwill store? A Goodwill store. I couldn't, all of a sudden, I think my hunger is starting to take over. Goodwill store. I was melting. A Florida man, William Gibson, allegedly exposed himself out of a Goodwill store, outside of a Goodwill store, earlier this month, but it's just being reported now, but claimed that, no, 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 he wasn't exposing himself. He was just airing out his penis. <laughs> Well, it is Florida. It's very oh, hot and muggy God, down there. Florida is so gross. All right, so this is the, the account of what happened. So William Gibson allegedly first, according to witnesses, stuck his hand down his pants, then pulled his hand back out and smelled his fingers <laughs> before dropping his pants and his underwear entirely. Then according to a witness statement, oh. all of a sudden, just Gibson just pulled down the front of his underwear to expose his genitals, and the, whip, then the, vic, uh, the witness said that he was, quote, fluffing them. <laughs> the witness called the police department, who said... In all fairness, that's consistent with airing it out. He was fluffing them. Uh, so a witness called the police department, who then said that Gibson stated he was arrested... Uh, who said Gibson stated he was arrested merely for, quote, airing out his penis. <laughs> He was charged with a lewd or lascivious exhibition in the presence of others. Of course, this isn't the most outlandish excuse flashers have given. Of course, in Florida earlier this year, police officers, I remember this guy, caught a man masturbating behind a convenience store because he told them his penis had popped out because his pants had shrunk. <laughs> <laughs> I just get the idea, based on these stories, that like 75% of the people in Florida cannot keep their hands off their crotches. Like, that's just it. They just can't do it. They can't do it in Florida? They can't keep their hands off their no. crotches? No. It seems- Go out in public. It's just it's just like they're, it's the way they're raised. It's yeah. an instant reaction. Oh, i got to air up my penis. I mean, in all fairness, it is muggy down there. It really is. Gross. And finally, there is a story, Greg. I know that you are, uh, you know, you like to hear about, you know, odd things. Like, uh, you know, there are different 
they're different, unique individuals in life. And this is uh, a guy with an interesting job. Okay. So this story is about a man uh, named S.S. Singh. Wait, what's his name? S.S. Singh. Okay. I don't know. S.S. Singh is a professional scatomancer. Now, you might be wondering what that is, Greg. Yes. A scatomancer is a name that is given to people who predict the future by analyzing human feces. Oh, that kind of scat. Yes. See, I thought maybe it was more like a deep bapu dee dap bap 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 No, he's not a... No, One of those? Not, yeah. So his name is S.S. Singh, uh, and he defends his scatomancing uh, because, of course, it's his gift that he is given to be able to predict the future. Uh, Singh explains... It's a lost art. You'd be surprised how accurate reading human feces actually is. Now, this is all being documented uh, in a movie called Journey to Planet Sanity. So, there's, there's so much going on in this, okay? I know. So this documentary is about Journey to Planet Sanity. So the film concerns a man by the name of Blake Freeman, who is a self-proclaimed skeptic who is traveling all around the world trying to debunk you know, different talents and things that people say that they can do. I'm a skeptic. Yes, so he's going around, he's a skeptic. So the premise of this actually sounds kind of interesting. So it's called Journey to Planet Sanity, where this guy Blake Freeman is actually bringing his buddy, uh, Leroy Tessina, uh, along with him to, dis- to debunk and disprove all of these different things, because apparently his friend has spent his entire life savings trying to protect himself from aliens and paranormal ghosts by buying into gimmicks and entrusting psychics. Wow. So he's trying to help his friend by disproving all of these people around the country. This is going to be a television show? Uh, it's a documentary. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's going it's going to be a DVD. So uh, in order to do this, uh, Freeman had to poop into a cup and give it to S.S. Singh to be able to read his feces. Ew. So what this guy does in order to read too much this, dairy. <laughs> so what this guy does to do this, uh, he first of all he starts he, he takes the stool sample from him, then he burns sage and waves the hand over the bowl with the poop in it and residual toilet water. Then he picks it up, oh. rubs it in his fingers, oh, and has to smell it because the stronger the aroma, the more accurate the prediction. Oh, that's so. So a couple of the things that he predicted while he was uh, fishing around in this, uh, this little jar that the man had pooped in. This was just somebody with a fecal fetish who found out a good way to get people to hand over, hand over for him for what for him. Like the, the whole goods. Marlon Brando yeah. thing. <laughs> yes, like Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. And yeah. his jars of poop, which we found out last week. I was correct. <laughs> it's true. Well, he see he so he fingered the poop, smelled it, and then he smoked. SS Singh declared. You're in transition right now, he said softly. As he rolled the feces in his fingers, he continued speaking. The, this nugget suggests oh, that you support that's what he said? you support a friend or a family member in a project. <laughs> this one feces it, that is they said feces? Yes. Is that singular? I don't know. Oh no, it is feces, never mind. Okay. This feces is log-shaped like a cigar, which should suggest leadership, strength, and length longevity. Or maybe you're just eating enough fiber. Mm-hmm. After looking at, feeling, and smelling the poop, S.S. Singh declared that Freeman will lead a long and happy life. Wow. So if anyone ever offers to take you to a scatomancer, just say no. And that, my friends, is your world of crazy. Stop scatting, Greg. Scatamancer. Yeah, that doesn't sound like what it is. No, it really doesn't. That's not what I would think if somebody said that they were a scatamancer. Never shake that guy's hand. I would think that they were a romantic who liked to scat. Yeah. Like, I'm scatamancing this chick. This broad. I think that's what scat people say. They use broad. No, that's so gross. Because if you say you're scatomancing a chick, that means you're playing with her poop. Oh, well, yeah. But see, this You probably shouldn't do that. The other term of the... Yeah, yeah I, I didn't quite understand the term. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Can you hear that? That was my stomach. That was your stomach? Yes, I'm really hungry. <laughs> wow. I know. Wow. I got too involved in rearranging the green room that I forgot to eat. <laughs> like, honestly, I did. Because I was like, oh, I started to get a little obsessive about it. You are completely obsessive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm obsessive about? It's just the idea that 
I could go undercover. I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about it the entire time about going undercover. I really is because I had to think about what I would actually wear. I need to get uh, I need to get outfits. Well, what happens is like we don't understand like what they wear because all of these these taggings are happening mm-hmm. when we're not around. So I think the well, first thing that you need to do is night. the stakeout. Yeah, I'm going to be here all night. How disappointed will you be if you find out that um, <laughs> that these taggers are just going to be all the like the dumpster people that are always hanging out in the dumpsters and the dumpster humpers? Oh, like that guy that's just down the street? There's a guy that's got a little encampment on the sidewalk down the yes, street. Yes, and he likes to yell. Yeah, he yells a lot, and he does, like, patrols around it. Mm-hmm. He, like, patrols his, his uh, territory. Yeah, if it's just him, boy, that would well, that would answer a mystery. I just want to get to the bottom of it. I want justice. I really don't even care about justice, actually. I just want to get to the bottom of it so I know know the mystery, so I can solve He's it. He's kind of building a mystery. He's Sarah McLaughlin it right now. Sarah McLaughlin it. McLaughlin? Is it McLaughlin? Yeah, I think it's McLaughlin. Oh, I don't. Wow. Yeah, are you trying to make I can't believe you just, <laughs> can't believe you just corrected <coughs> me. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> she doesn't have a lovely, lovely voice. Send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Tomorrow on the show, we are going to be having a lot of people on. It's going to be it's going to be a crazy show. It's going to be an action-packed show tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow right here. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter, at Radio at Greg Nibbler, and at Sarah X. Dillon. Don't forget to go to uh, iTunes. If you uh, follow us on there, you can uh, leave, a, leave a good review. Yeah. Also, so we were talking about guests for tomorrow on tomorrow's show. So yeah. if you live here in Portland, uh, you might see uh, the Willamette Week, which is the local paper, paper here in town. And they did, mm-hmm. their, uh, they did their assessment of the top five comedians to watch here in Portland. We will be having... Four, if not all five of those comedians in tomorrow. Yes, all in <laughs> so studio. So this is all in studio. God bless Nathan Brennan. He's like, hey, how about all of us come in? So <laughs> it could be three of them, could be all five of them. We don't know. But if you uh, read Blam Week or if you uh, read the article online, those are the folks that we're going to be having here in studio tomorrow. Yes, they'll all be here. And you guys know um, you know, you know, know Nathan Brennan mm-hmm. and Christine Levine, especially just from being here on the show, and Shane Torres, of course. And then, uh, and then we'll have some, some others as well. Yes. It's gonna, it will be an action-packed show. That's going to be a lot to lot to manage. Yes, it is. Maybe we will need those extra chairs you brought in. I told you. All right. I can see a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. I remember last time we had that many people and there weren't enough chairs. I'm just, I'm make, just thinking for the people. I'm going to make sure there's no bed bugs on them now. I'll have to make sure of that. All right. Well, uh, coming up later on the Fun Employment Radio Network, if you're a subscriber, of course, go to funemploymentradio.com slash subscribe. Six ninety nine a month. The first week is entirely free. And tonight you will get to hear... I believe Lisa Wood is back. I believe so. Uh, Lisa Wood is back with Play Anything. Mm-hmm. Fantastic show. And that will be followed by Geek in the City. Yeah. Geek in the City. Geek in the City. And, of course, I will be here in the green room setting up my stakeout. Okay, and I will be in here moving things around. Yes. And not putting up the Christmas tree yet because it's before Thanksgiving. Radio stations, it's before Thanksgiving. It's before Thanksgiving. Stop playing Christmas music. I hate you. You really get worked up about that. It makes me so mad. Yeah. Just, just all in the kerfuffle. Thank you so much, everyone. You guys are awesome. And we will be back tomorrow with an action-packed show right here for Fun Employment Radio. Bye, guys. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.